hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. My name is Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com and joining me each and every week talking technology is the editor, the, the boss, the guru at techguide.com.au. Stephen Fennick, g'day mate. G'day Trevor, great to be with you again. Mate, episode 83, thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, connecting with innovation, everything to do with networking, Netgear have got you covered. Two blokes talking tech, we spend 30 minutes telling you everything that we think is important about the last seven days of technology every week on Two Blokes Talking Tech. And, mate, I know we could get accused of spending a lot of time talking about this topic, but we, we have to because it is the big deal. Um, we've, we've both now had uh, an iPhone 5 for, for around a week. It's, um, hey, it's a very impressive phone. It's everything we said it was based purely on specs, which to me is the most interesting thing, having, having known about the weight, uh, the thinness of it, and, and the 4G. Obviously, they're, the, they're probably the big things. Um, I, I am literally blown away by, by what they've been able to stick in to such a small form factor device absolutely yeah they've uh, they've made it bigger and smaller at the same time yeah. bigger screen yet thinner and lighter as you mentioned uh the screen i i, I would have loved it to have been a little bit bigger yeah. the width of it uh they kept the same width as we as we've discussed to keep that sort of one hand manageability but i would have loved to have seen it slightly bigger wider, taller, just so that the apps could scale up completely to the screen rather than at the moment Not seeing the, that black in. line top and bottom or side to side. Uh, it just would have been good just to have a little bit more screen there. But, but then you wouldn't oh, get I the... agree with you. It is a really great device. Uh, runs really fast. I think speed should be its yes. middle name. The process is really quick. And I've had it on 4G uh, on the Telstra network, and it is smoking. It is really quick. Uh, you get in a good LTE area, and I'll tell you, you, you can view the web very quickly, download stuff, upload stuff as well quite quickly too. Um, the camera, I haven't stopped taking panoramic pictures on my on the <laughs> iPhone 5. I took a couple out at... Uh, at ANZ Stadium last week, uh, well, was it an event on? But oh. my photos were great. Oh. oh, that's that's a tragedy, really, isn't it? I tell you what's really interesting to me. We could talk forever about the things that everyone knows. You know, size, speed, everything. Here's something I don't think has yet been reported widely enough. The quality of phone calls on this device are amazing. And I'm not even talking about HD Voice, which is available on the Telstra network, uh, HD Voice to HD Voice phone. I'm talking about my wife. I bought my wife an iPhone 5, and I made a phone call to her at, like on the second day, and I went, hang on a minute, are you on speakerphone? And she goes, no, or, or, or yes, and it was amazing quality. And then she put it up to her ear, and it was unbelievable quality yeah, because well, of all the, the noise cancelling. At, at the keynote, uh, Phil Schiller said it had uh, improved audio quality on the network. I think it's got what dynamic audio, whatever it's called, yeah. that enables the HD voice as well. Yeah. So there's oh. an added there's an added microphone too. I think there's now three, three microphones, three on this microphones. As well, including a noise cancellation microphone. That's right. So they can create a better quality. Now I just think that when you make a call to an, another iPhone five user, you and just general calls, but certainly iPhone five to iPhone five. 
blown away is what you'll be by the quality. So uh, that impressed me. Uh, I'm not worried about the screen because I, there's that little bit of excitement when the apps get upgraded, you know, to, to oh, be yeah, the exactly. screen. <laughs> but with, with the screen, though, just one quick point. Like, I browse a lot on my phone. Mm. Now, and I've been using the Galaxy S3, and that's got a nice wide, uh, wide screen. Obviously, the Galaxy Note's even bigger. But browsing on those size screens is a lot easier. Now, even when you turn the phone on its side, everyone says, okay, we'll turn the iPhone 5 on its side. It's like looking at a website through a letterbox. Yes. You're just constantly scrolling up the page because it's such a wide, narrow uh, image now. That's my only gripe. They should have gone wider as well as taller, um, but that's probably one of the only faults that I've got with the phone, but there is uh, something that we'll get onto uh, in our next segment, uh, the maps, which uh, yeah. is a totally other story, total other story. Um, but no, I, I, I think the smaller dock connector has got some people uh, complaining as well. Uh, I think with the amount of wireless abilities now to transfer your music to Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, I think that's going to be a, a very a, a second-tier problem uh, as, as the, uh, the months progress. So it's, that isn't quite an issue for me. I don't mind the smaller connector. Well, let me tell you my thoughts on the smaller connector. I think that Apple have set a benchmark for, for connectors because it's so easy to use. It's reversible, so it doesn't matter how you put it in. In the dark of night, as you go to bed and you plug it in on the bedside table, you don't have to get it the right way around. And that's a big thing for me. I know it's stupid, but <laughs> it makes a big difference. Yeah, I know you do a lot of connecting of the cables in the dark, Trevor, so well, that's exactly. You. That's that's the big thing. <laughs> but 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 what here's but, the thing. No, I think with it's the, funny though that people are complaining. And like people are saying, oh well, how dare Apple change it on everyone? Yeah. This is Apple's. They created the thing in the first place. It's been there for nine years, which for for Apple is quite, actually quite a long time to have the same technology. Nine years. That's an but, eon in technology. But so for them to now turn around and say, oh how dare they? Well, they're the ones who created that ecosystem in the first place, hmm. and it's really it's it's their call if they want to change it. And, and after nine years, I don't think that's such a surprise. Just quickly wrapping that up, though, um, there are compatibility issues. I haven't tried it yet with the connector converter thing, but I've got uh, I've got a, the pure. Pure Highway. No one's got them yet. Trevor. I know. They're not in until October, the converters, the, the adapters. The, I've got in my car the Pure Highway 300DI, which is a little uh, digital radio, but it also has um, iPod connectivity, and so it's got the USB, and a lot of cars would have this. And you normally just plug your normal iPhone cable in, and it works. I plug the new cable in. It knows there's an iPhone there, and it plays some music, but it doesn't let me browse the tracks, browse the playlist and everything. So there's definitely some functionality missing, and that's a real bugbear. On the weekend, I'll try it in the Commodore because the Commodore has built-in iPod connectivity and see whether it's maybe just me or maybe it's just the pure highway, but it'll be very disappointing if your basic in-car functionality that isn't a built-in old dock connector, it's it's just a USB, um, doesn't work. So that'll that'll be an interesting one that I think will still pan out for a little while. But um, look, overall impressions that we've both shared are, are definitely positive. It's a great phone. You'll be blown away by the weight of the thing and and the and the screen when you when you get it. Pick it up, play with it in, in an Apple store or a telco, and see what you think because that's that's the big judge. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, I touched on in the previous segment uh, about one of the downsides of the iPhone. Quite a controversial mm-hmm. downside is the the Maps application. Now, as we all know, this doesn't just apply to the new iPhone. This goes back to anyone who's decided to install iOS 6 on their iPhone. Um, and the, the problem with that is that the Maps application has taken out a completely, uh, a, a perfectly good 
Google Maps app and and YouTube. By the way, there's a lot of I've had a lot of uh, emails to Tech Guide people saying, "Where's my YouTube app gone now?" Yeah, uh, and I've also informed them that you can now download that separately. But anyway, the mapping uh, has been very poorly received. Uh, I've had, uh, and I'm sure you have as well, Trevor. A lot of people yeah. contacting you saying, "Boy, this is really bad. Uh, can't find uh, certain addresses. It's even positioned things in the wrong place." Uh, you know, while it looks really pretty, the 3D flyover and all of those great things that really look really cool, when you drill down to it, the fact you want this thing to work as a map to try turn-by-turn navigation, it's not working. So this is surprisingly bad for Apple. Don't you agree? Like, I, I can't oh. believe this, that this uh, has been so badly received and that, uh, that Apple let it out in this condition. This is this is a real shocker. Um, I got a fantastic bloody email from a listener, Ashley, um, who um, you know it said to me, "If you ever want to visit Toowoomba, be careful." And he showed me a screenshot of his iPad, and he's typed Toowoomba, and Toowoomba is fifty six, fifty eight kilometres from Toowoomba. Um, so the the pin drop for where Toowoomba is in some someone's farm out bush, and fifty eight kilometres away, you can see the 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 grid like city of Toowoomba. It's uh, terrible, mate. Yeah, that a friend is... of mine had a similar problem. He was was driving out in Campbelltown. He's upgraded to iOS six. He got lost. Yeah, and, and look, the thing here is, people have said, and this is probably quite true. Steve Jobs may not have let this happen. This this is a pretty big thing to go wrong. But the other thing is, you know, maybe they bit enough more than they can chew. Because uh, I read a story that there's 7,000 people involved in Google Maps, from contractors just for Street View and all that kind of stuff to actual coders and things. Apple's only got 13,000 employees outside of retail at all. So it's a, it's a big challenge for them to take yeah. on. And I think it should be pointed out, though, Trevor, too, that uh, Google Maps was actually a product of the Sydney Google Labs. Yeah, sure. It was mo- the most the, the the most of the work that went into ma- creating Google Maps was done right here in Australia. Hmm. And I've been reading as well that Apple have been frantically recruiting yes. Google Maps employees to help them right the ship, as, yeah. it, as it were. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Google, it, let, let's face it too, when Google Maps was new, and this is years ago, it was there crap. were some funny errors and, and there were, it did come under a bit of fire as well. But when Google uh, were being positioned as the mapping application on the original iPhone back five years ago, apparently they, they were, Apple was so fussy and they wanted it to be perfect and Google had to go back and forth to make it absolutely just right for mm. Apple to mm. pass Apple standards and for them to have for now then to look at Google's maps being ripped off the iPhone and replaced with this with Apple's solution uh, with having heard all of that in the past it must be disappointing for a lot of people especially Google employees to see that well let me tell you one thing uh, that Google aren't aren't uh, bulletproof here and I, I this happens to me regularly if I've got a phone and I, I don't have a sat nav or anything I, you know often there's events that we go to and they're in uh, like Surrey Hills and you're going on Burke Street or Crown Street or something let me give you a gold platter guarantee if you put in your Google Maps to come from the north side of the city to, to that for one of those streets Burke Street or, or Crown Street in the city of Sydney it will tell you to go on the Eastern distributor and turn right onto William Street which you cannot do. And it's a simple thing like that that, mate, Google Maps ain't perfect either, but yeah. they, they don't no, I, have... I agree, I agree, but, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and Apple's come along and, and shown these pretty flyovers and 3D views, which look terrific, awesome. by the way. I've awesome. spent hours looking at all these different cities, but Love it. when you get down to it, those 3D flyovers and that pretty-looking map isn't going to get you for the to the point you want to be most of the time. Well, d- just to wrap it up, think about it, though, okay? Apple's selling millions and millions of phones. Every time they yeah. sell a phone and it gets activated... Google gets data. 
because they have to, because there's some access from a different device to their maps when they open the maps. So I would think they're protecting their, their IP, they're protecting their knowledge of, yeah. of their system. And I don't think it's a bad thing to be doing is to, is to making sure that they're the only people that know how many iPhones are out there because that's what they want it to be. So, well, look, yeah, but there is also a, report, a problem, a uh, little link on, the, on Apple Maps, I think. So, um, hmm. And we should also remind people that the Apple also announced 5 million sales yeah. in the first three days. So Unbelievable. That, that's pretty significant as well. And, and, you know, the best part about that, the idiot Wall Street analysts who report they only <laughs> sold 5 million. I mean, you find me one other company in the world that wouldn't mind selling 5 million of anything um, as, as a new product in the first weekend. Don't you find that's weekend. Apple's problem? Apple's oh, problem is deacon. managing people's expectations. Yeah. And if their device isn't absolutely amazing, dazzling, revolutionary, it's a disappointment. It, you know what? That's, that's the problem they face, though, Trevor. Like other, like Samsung, all these other companies don't face that problem. They think, okay, that's a pretty cool phone. Yeah, we yeah. weren't expecting that. Bang. Apple, everyone's expecting the best, the, the coolest, all this stuff. And when they don't knock it out of the park every single time, it's considered disappointing. Yep, and that's spot on. So, look, we think it's a great phone. Uh, they've got some improvements to make on Apple Maps, but uh, 5 million people agree. Um, it's worth upgrading to. So um, let us know whether you've got one or, or you're getting one. The iPhone 5, it's out there now uh, in the wild. We've got some cool products and things to talk about in a minute. I don't want to get, get distracted from, from all this big news stuff, but I want to talk about something that came out last night. We're recording on Wednesday night here. There's a, uh, a, a telecoms engineer researcher from Germany who, who um, made a speech at a, at a conference, a security conference in Buenos Aires, and he demonstrated a vulnerability with the Samsung mobile phones. And this was mind-blowing. I actually saw it, and I went, hang on a minute. I grabbed my Samsung Galaxy S2, which he demonstrated it on, and I tracked a million people down on Twitter. I spent bloody hours last night working it out, and I actually got the code that did this vulnerability, and I was able to replicate this vulnerability. And let me tell you how it works. You click a link in Twitter. You click a link in an email. Basically, you visit a website. And you know how these spam things work. You get sent a, video, a link that says, hey, look at this awesome video. And you go, yeah, I'll look at that awesome video. You click the link. On this phone, if you click that link and it has this code in it, your phone is immediately, within three seconds, wiped, formatted. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mate, it's, it's the biggest vulnerability I've seen in, in, in a device in terms of the damage it causes in a very long time. There's been problems, but this is a huge, huge wow. bug. It harks back, you know, it harks back to the days of where, where the vi- – remember the computer viruses were just, were just out there just for pester power? Yeah, they just exactly. They, they didn't – all they did was ruin things, yep. delete things, erase things. It sounds like it's it's that wave again, but on our mobile phones, like it's yep. coming around again. It that, is. That's we've often said the mobile phones the next target for cyber criminals yep. and hackers. So yep. it's a real worry though that it's obviously Galaxy S two is an Android device, mm. and they do offer security on these devices. I think Trend Micro Norton they've all got them. Mm. Do you think that security solution, that app, would have protected someone from something like that, Trip? I reckon originally no, but I reckon they're scrambling now to check this this kind of code because you can see why this was built, this code. It's built so that you know you can do those remote wipes and things like that, but mm. they didn't realize how easy it was to execute. Look, it's hard to explain. Uh, I did a video and I put it on eftm.com.au. I put a video up. Um, there is a way around it. If you've got a Samsung Galaxy S2, I, I heartily encourage you to have a look and understand what this problem yeah, is. But don't scan the code, for mistake. <laughs> well, I, I changed the code, so so 
uh, you know, didn't want anyone to do that. Um, oh, but you get a lot of angry readers if you do yeah, that. Exactly. Like that. Be very wary. I'm, and I'm being serious. I've seen people today and I've freaked them out and they're like, oh, don't be stupid. And then I've shown it to them. It oh. is mind blowing. Be very it's careful. It's, be very careful. There is a way around it. I won't go into detail, but there's a, there's a patch coming out. Samsung made a statement this, this evening that they're aware of the problem and they're working on, a, on an upgrade uh, uh, for Australian users ASAP. So they're aware of it. They're working on it. It's the best they can do. And I don't, you know, I don't really envy them because it's a tough position to be in. But if you've got a Samsung Galaxy S2, um, there are other phones affected, but that's the big one. Um, be very careful of links you find on the internet. Well, a new camera is on its way to Australia called the Lytro camera, uh, and it is going to change the way you take and also change the way you view your digital photographs. Now, the Lytro camera is what they call a light field camera. Uh, it looks like a rect- it's got a rectangular shape. Doesn't look like a conventional camera. There's a report on techguide.com.au. I, I put a story up there, uh, and it's actually invented by an Australian too, by the way, Dr. Ren Ing. He's who's got a PhD. He's a scientist who they created this light field camera in a lab with hundreds of cameras uh, connected to a supercomputer. Now, just to briefly explain what this achieves. Now, your regular camera takes a photo on a single plane of light. Mm-hmm. So it is, it, it's pretend the photograph is a sheet of paper. You can't do anything with it. It's flat. It's there. You can see whatever it captured in that single plane of light is yep. all you get. With the Lytro light field camera, imagine that paper is there's 500 papers behind it and you can actually delve into the photograph. You can focus. You can click on one part of the photo and focus on that part of the photograph. If there's someone in the foreground, you can click on that part of the photograph and it will readjust. It will refocus on that part of the photograph. Right. The result is called a living picture. Wow. So uh, it is. It, well, it was demonstrated to me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to review the camera. I can't do a review. It's under embargo till October the 10th. But we can talk about the technology uh, and just Holy how this is, it's been out in the U.S. for a little while. I think this is going to change digital photography, Trev. I've I, I got to be honest. I, I saw your story. I, you know, we, you, I had a look at the camera when you, when you grabbed it the other day. Uh, I, I didn't actually understand the concept. But I'm literally now, as we speak, and I'm not kidding, I'm, I'm being blown away as we speak, I look like on the bottom of your story, there's a link to the, to the Lytro website where you can actually see how this works. I... I'm blown away. There's a tennis ball right in the air and a dog behind it. The tennis ball's in focus. You can barely tell it's a dog. You click your finger, click your mouse on the dog, and the dog comes into focus and the tennis ball goes out of focus. It's unbelievable. It is extraordinary. Now, it, it has been out in the U.S. since, I think, February, March. It came out in the U.S. Uh, and just to explain, it, it is a rectangular shape. There's a picture on Tech Guide. So that, that front portion where the, where the colored metal is, that's all lens. It's like an eight-time zoom lens. Jesus. Uh, and it works to capture that whole light field. And then it puts it on the sensor at the back of the device. There's a touchscreen also uh, on it too uh, uh, for it to give it this capability. So I think the... The, 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 in, in people's hands, they're going to find so many different uses and so many different photographic modes uh, to enjoy this, this kind of, of image. But the great part of it is that it's not just limited to the person who took the photograph. You can share the photograph on Facebook, on Twitter, on the web. You can email it to people. And the people that you send it to or who see it on social networks can also click all over it and see the different aspects, the, the, the depth in the photograph, and enjoy that all as well. I think it's going to be uh, pretty exciting. It comes out October the 10th. 
Uh, there's two two models, eight gigabyte capacity, sixteen gigabyte capacity, four nine nine and five nine nine respectively. Um, I think it's going to be a game changer. This one, Trev. This is the most exciting thing I've seen in photography in a very very long time. It's beautiful. It's amazing. And uh, I, I have to encourage you to go to techguide.com.au and look for, and read the story, of course. But then look down the bottom for the link and uh, and actually have a play. I, I, could, I could sit here for hours just mucking around with these photos. And it's fascinating. Well, you, imagine being able to make those sort of pictures with your family, uh, with your pets, with your your favourite landscape. This uh, bloke. You know, I think. Uh, the possibilities there are, are quite quite exciting, and um, the beauty of it is, though, the Aussie inventor himself, Dr. Ren Ng, is visiting Australia in early October, and we're hoping to catch up with him uh, when he does. Mate, the beauty of it is he'll be a multi-bazillionaire. This thing is amazing. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can read more about it at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech, proudly brought to you by the good folk at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Netgear.com.au, the place to go for anything networking. And it's, it's, we say this all the time, but it's really important that you think about your network in your home. If you've got a router that you bought or was given to you by your ISP a few years ago, there's better technology out there today. The technology not about not only about connecting your devices together but sharing. You can you've got routers these days that the the Netgear have that use a ready share technology. The router has a USB port in it. You plug a USB stick or a hard drive in there and all the data on that hard drive or that USB stick are available to all the computers and devices accessing the network. Whether you've got a smart TV or an iPad or an iPhone or a or laptop doesn't matter. Those devices can see those files. It's fantastic technology, and those are the kind of things that Netgear do to innovate to create a better network in your home. Connecting with innovation, that's what they do, whether it's connecting your home to the internet or connecting devices within your home. Netgear.com.au, the place to go for the solutions that make networking beautiful. I'm just going to start that sting again because it was terrible. Now, the two blokes were in the same room, uh, as is rare, this week for uh, Sony's little playground. It was very interesting to, to go hands-on with the new Sony PlayStation, which we talked about last week, uh, which is just amazingly small compared to the old one, but also to see some of the cool things coming up in gaming. And, mate, you, you can tell me what you think, but first and foremost from me, I was blown away by the Wonder Book. Now, this is an augmented reality technology that basically you buy this book which just has squares on it. You sit it in front of the TV which has your camera hooked up to your PlayStation and your kids can actually read a book that comes to life on the screen in front of them so they can actually move the book around, see the scene. It's just it's a fantastic use of augmented reality and, geez, we're seeing augmented reality become a big part of things these days, aren't we? Absolutely, yeah. That that was quite an exciting title, I think, for sort of for kids, younger kids, even even older kids, say ten, twelve, and maybe slightly older, and even even adults, I think, are going to find that really appealing. And the 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 book itself, there's a peripheral that comes with the game that creates the characters on top of the book, so the augmented reality characters can interact with each other, and there's endless possibilities for different storylines and the way that the players then can interact with the game. That, mm. That's the whole, been the whole challenge of gaming over the years. We saw quite a revolution years ago with the Wii, with the movement sensors now. The other, the other consoles that Microsoft can, uh, did it with Kinect, uh, the move also came to PS3. I think this is another uh, frontier for gaming where yeah. we're interacting uh, in a different way with the games. But uh, that, that was an exciting lineup of titles that PlayStation got, not only for the PS3, but also for the 
portable system, the Vita as well. Mm, and, and some of the things they talked about, and we, we'll probably go into all the detail about the original titles when they come out, but some of the innovations, because we're actually pressed for time here, but the innovations, things, just simple things like when you buy the game for PlayStation, if it's available on Vita, you get it as well. There's a couple of titles that are going to do that. I think that stuff's pretty cool. Absolutely, and not not to mention too. We've, or I should say, we should mention the, the the huge titles that are coming out. These aren't exclusive PlayStation titles, but they'll be played uh, on the PS3, like FIFA 13, Assassin's Creed 3, Call of Duty, Hello, Black Ops 2. A uh, lot of games that are going to come out before Christmas, but even beyond. Uh, we saw some some nice sneak previews of some games we're going to see in 2013, uh, including one with uh, Ellen. I think is it Ellen Page called but Beyond. Two Souls, kind of like a real mysterious sort of game. Uh, there was another Vita game called Tearaway, which I think was the remember that was made out of all the ripped paper, and you could print yeah. out different things and construct them offline as well. Uh, so yeah, Very the cool. way we interact with games and 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 then and play it, the, the whole thing, create the characters and move along through the story is really interesting. Good to see Sony doing some some innovation in that field. Uh, and it was a quick stat: forty three percent of uh, of the hardware market for Sony in this country is PlayStation. So TVs and all that kind of stuff don't even you know they dominate, but forty three percent of their revenue uh, comes in the hardware space comes from the PlayStation. So pretty stunning stuff. And uh, we'll talk more about the Sony lineup as those games become available. Very quickly, Trevor, I uh, had the pleasure of interviewing a James Bond villain. Uh, oh. Reason being is that it's the release this week of Bond 50, 20th Century Fox's complete James Bond collection on Blu-ray disc to celebrate 50 years of Bond films. I interviewed Richard Keel, uh, the seven-foot-two actor who played Jaws. Now, do you remember the villain with the metallic teeth? Yeah, yeah. He was the first villain played by the same actor to actually feature in two Bond films. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw him so, on minutes. He yeah, was yeah. so popular in The Spy Who Loved Me, they brought him back in Moonraker. But he was told me some interesting stories. I've got the full Q&A with him on Tech Guide. He told me about how they had to make this special mouthpiece to get these, these metallic teeth in his mouth, how uncomfortable they were. And I did ask him a question that had been bugging me for years, whether he actually was offered the part of Darth Vader in the original Star Wars film. They needed a very tall actor. He said, no, he wasn't offered the Vader part. He was offered the part of Chewbacca. But he knocked it back because they were only paying scale. And it's a decision he says he doesn't regret because all the other actors were also paid scale. They weren't given a, a, a percentage of the profits. So he's quite comfortable with that decision. Good man. Uh, yeah, I saw him on 60 Minutes. He's a pretty intimidating looking bloke. But uh, yeah, you can read that full Q&A at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long. Now, just quickly before we go into your minute reviews, HTC announced uh, their first Windows 8 smartphones, the 8X and the 8S. Uh, now, I don't know about you, Stephen, but these are very colourful and it just feels like Nokia could sue them. I don't know. Yeah, I think, well, if, you've, if we've seen, we've already seen the Samsung v Apple battle. The, the next battle may be Nokia v HTC because that's the first thing I thought when I saw the lineup of these very colourful devices is that they look a lot Lumia-like, which is the Nokia version of the Windows 8 phones. Of course, HTC have, may have their own thoughts about this, but uh, it is good to see, though, that the Windows 8 phone for phone is being embraced. should be with us probably end of next month, end of October. Uh, and I think, and we've often agreed on this, Trevor, we, we're big fans of Windows Phone, very underrated operating system. Yeah. When... Windows 8 hits the deck into, on laptops, desktops, tablets, 
I think the other part of that equation on smartphones, I think a lot of people are going to find a real synergy between the desktop, laptop, and their smartphone. And I think they're going to create, they're going to catch a lot of customers who are going to turn their back on those other operating systems. Yeah, I think that's the missing link for smartphones right now is that there's this huge market of people who are probably actually using Android if they're using anything. Um, they've just been sort of given into because that's what you buy when you when you don't want an iPhone. And they're not yet getting that whole, you know, integration between their contacts and their mail and all that kind of stuff happening. And I think when we see those things happen, we'll, uh, we'll see Windows 8 uh, mobile take off. It's just, mate, the more it drags on, the more I worry about it. And it's like the Surface, this, this bloody great-looking tablet. The more this drags on, give us a date, give us a bloody price. Yeah. I mean, make this thing happen, Microsoft. That's the it's only stupid. downfall for a lot of these competing companies. Look, look at, let's, let's use the iPhone 5 as a real quick example. They said it's out September 21 at 8 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. They drew the line in the sand. They said that's when it's coming out. I think a lot of these other companies can take a leaf out of the Apple book and say, right, we're going to aim for October 26, 8 a.m., make an event out of it. That's why Apple – that's why it's reported on the news because people mm. are put it, circling in their calendar this specific date that Apple name. Yep. These other companies can take that example and I think see a lot more attention on their products. Exactly. Anyway, they don't listen to us. I mean, they listen to us. Let's be clear. They're all subscribers. But they, they listen don't... to us, but they don't hear us. Thank you. That's right. They don't, they don't pay attention. They're not, they're not acting upon our <laughs> obvious demands. And these, these are demands, Steve, uh, when you're listening. Um, just give us a date. Give us a price. It's, <laughs> it's not hard. Two Blokes Talking Tech, it's time for something very special. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. This is where we take the 60 Minutes uh, TikTok and we uh, put it onto Stephen for uh, two very quick uh, minute reviews. And you've got a couple of great things here. You've got a set of headphones and then uh, something that'll boost the power for your uh, Samsung Galaxy S3. So tell us first and foremost about these Bose headphones. Yes, both are SIE2 and SIE2i, I being for iPhone, iPad, and iPod. Now, Bose is a very well-known company for producing high-quality audio products, headphones, earphones, but they've created their very first solution for, for people who want to use them while they're exercising, sports headphones. Bose is very first. Now, they've incorporated all of the tripod audio technology, all the things you'll find in their regular headphones, but they've put them in a, in a housing and with cables and microphones that are all water-resistant, sweat-resistant, uh, and their silicon tips of the ears are, are secure enough for them to fit in your ear comfortably, but yet be held in place. So when you're running or in the gym or doing your exercise, they're not going to fall out. Uh, there is, they're available in orange and green. They're quite bright colors, but I think you want them to be visible, especially if you're out in the road. Uh, the SIE 2s are available in green, $149. The SIE 2i, so it's an extra 50 bucks if you want the inline remote control and mic, but you get a choice of two colors, green or orange. They are $199. Full review on techguide.com.au. And the power skin. Power skin for the Samsung Galaxy S3. Now, we all know how popular the Galaxy S3 is. At the moment, a lot of people are thinking, is it an iPhone or do I get a Galaxy S3? So the GS3 is as popular as the iPhone, you could say, today. PowerSkin has already had a case out for the iPhone uh, 4 and the 4S. Uh, they've also released one for the Galaxy S3. Now, what is the PowerSkin? It's a case, silicon case with a built-in rechargeable battery. So for those users on the go who want that extra boost, their battery's running low, they're nowhere near a PowerPoint, simply 
press a button on the back of the power skin, you'll get about a three-quarter recharge of your battery. It'll keep you going through your day. Uh, you can also uh, recharge it while the device is sitting, while the Galaxy S3 is sitting inside the case. You can run a cable into the mini, the mini USB, micro USB port, uh, and, and run that through and still ha- have a charge to the computer and the case. You can charge the case alone. Uh, but it's also got an NFC in, in, in built the case as well. So if for those users who want to make a mobile transaction or share some data, they don't actually need to take the Galaxy S3 out of the power skin to do that. It's got NFC built in as well. Priced at $79.95, available from mrmobile.net.au. Don't worry, everyone. Your watches aren't wrong. It's just Stephen can't count. Why can't so, I count? Oh, mate, you're just struggling with the minute. But we know what I'm going to do. I'm going to oh, find. I went over, did I? Yeah. You know what you should do next time? Put a buzzer in there. That's what I'm going to do. Get That's a buzzer next time. I'm going to get a counter. You know, the, the, it's like, yes. you know, you know what the cricket, when they clap faster and faster and faster as they approach yeah, the stumps? Do what they do at the Oscars and just sort of start playing music so to play me off. My speech has got to finish. You know That's what I mean? Excellent idea. Music. We'll try that. Oh, we'll try that. Anyway, <laughs> good, beautiful reviews, and I look forward to reading them at techguide.com.au. This is Two Bucks Talking Tech, episode 83. Thanks to the good people at netgear.com.au. Check them out for all of your networking needs. Stephen, we can read you everything you do at techguide.com.au. Uh, talk to you next week. No worries. Thanks, Trev. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.